Welcome back to the QEH podcast, the place to find out more about the school and to connect with staff, pupils and parents at a deeper level. Each week we'll be interviewing people within the QEH community, asking them questions and spending time understanding them and more about the school. Now today we're talking to the catering team at QEH. That means we'll be hearing from the Deputy Catering Manager, Vanessa Stone, Catering Manager, Ranjit Chetty and Head Chef, Chris Rugman. The team will tell us what it's like feeding the whole school, how they come up with menus that are both appealing and healthy and the sort of events the team is involved in supporting. We'll also get to hear about the team's focus on providing healthy, nutritious food for the children at QEH and what parents can do to support this ethos when the children are at home. That's all coming up in this episode, so come with me now as we speak to the catering team at QEH Bristol. Okay, so we're here with Ranjit and Vanessa and Chris, but to all three of you, I wanted to say thank you for being here. Thanks for giving up your time. And how are you all today? Um, not too bad. I mean, I've got in this morning. I've just checked through the emails, checked if um, all the staff that's meant to be in at this time are in. Just checked up on them briefly, see how they're doing. Spoke to my head chef and Chef Rob about fantasy football, like we do every morning. <laughs> and that's it, really. Yes, very good. Thank you. How are you? Very good indeed. Thanks, Vanessa. Very good. What, what's your morning been looking like so far today? Well, fairly busy with the children here and, you know, trying to get ready for lunch, sorting out menus, making sure everything's OK for service. The usual morning stuff before before lunch service, really. Uh, I see. Chris, how are you doing today? Very well, thank you. A bit busy in the kitchen, but yeah, we're getting set for lunch, so we're not too far off now, thank you. OK, excellent. Fantastic. Now, I'm dying to know, on a typical day at school, how many hungry mouths does your team tend to feed? Whoa, anywhere between 850 to 900. That's Gosh. staff and pupils included. Wow, that is a phenomenal number. And a number which I think is too great for many people to even get their head around. I mean, frankly speaking, yeah. on my behalf, if, if, I, if I have more than four people coming over for dinner at home, then I start getting into a bit of a flustering panic. How do you change your mindset to, to deal with that many people that need to be fed? Well, as I, as I said, if, if the question is only aimed at me, then I don't need to do much because I've got a great team of chefs here. <laughs> I've got five in the team and, and they handle pretty much all of the production aspect. So that question should be directed towards Chris. Chris, give us an answer on that then, would you? Well, I've been doing it for quite a long time now, so I'm kind of used to it. But also just trying to get a couple of days ahead with the menus and the ordering and stuff, making sure like when I leave the night before that everything I need for the next day is there so I can sleep easy that night. Yeah, just like staying ahead really and being prepared. Yeah, trusting our chefs as well. They're all more than capable of doing what they do. So it kind of makes my job a lot easier having such a great team around me, to be honest. Ranjit, give us a breakdown of the team. You mentioned that you've got fantastic chefs and I'm sure that's true, but tell us what the team actually looks like. So in the kitchen, we got, I've got Chris, obviously the head chef. Then he's got a second chef, Jane. He's got a senior CDP, Rob. Uh, we've got another CDP called Charlotte, and we've also got a pastry chef, uh, Rene. So between the five of them, well, Rene does all the pastry cooking, so all of the cooking of pastries, any of the cakes, everything is done by Rene. And we got Jane, who does all of the salads, the rolls. And between Rob, Charlotte, and Chris, they cook all the hot meals. That's including breakfast in the morning. We got a brunch offer in the cafe, and and the lunchtime offer in the main dining room. I see. Right. So tell me then how you go about as a team deciding which things are going to be on the menu that are going to be good from a nutrition point of view, but also good from an appealing point of view that children and staff will will want to eat. 
Well, when Chris designs the menus, we we pay particular attention to providing them with a balanced meal. At the same time, keeping the variety, the offer fresh, so it's not the same food on a regular basis. So we we have a choice of, say, Mexican food, Italian, Indian, a roast. We do fish on Fridays. And, and the menu changes every week. So we, we, we work on a three-week menu cycle, which again changes after the three weeks. So we, we keep the popular dishes on. We take out what was less popular. We have pasta every day with two different kinds of sauces. So, yeah, the idea is to keep it balanced and keep it fresh and keep it varied. I see. And when you talk about you know some things being more popular than other things, I, I guess you can gauge that by the amount that might be left over of, of a certain That's type correct. of food yeah. that, that you've prepared. How do you go about yep. minimizing the amount of waste that occurs from from the food that you prepare? The reason I'm asking is because we quite often hear about, you know, with, with supermarkets and wasted food and, and of course, with yep. restaurants as well. Yeah, we do, we do two things particularly well. We maintain something called a production sheet. So Chris and his team of chefs, they fill up a production sheet on a daily basis to, to record the number of meals cooked. And at the end of the day, we also have something called a wastage sheet. So we record what food has gone into waste. Now, the waste, again, is uh, separated into two different categories. We have production waste, which is maintained in the kitchen. So the chefs maintain a list of items that go in the bin, which is not actually in the cooking pot. So your carrot peelings, as an example, or mm. a potato peeling, as, a, as an example. And at the end of the day, when the pupils or the staff finish eating, whatever's left on the plate goes in a food waste bin, that's again recorded as a plate waste. So we, we keep a track of all this on a regular basis, in fact, a daily basis. And that helps us plan our production for the future. And when you're looking at some of the more popular dishes, do you find that the, the popular dishes amongst the pupils mirrors what the staff find to be the most popular as well? Or do they tend to be different? No, no, uh, that is, there is a huge difference. So our salad bar particularly is very, very popular with the staff. Pupils... Most of them tend to eat pretty much anything they, they are given. They love their food. They just love their food. Lasagna tends to be more popular with both the groups, staff and pupils combined. But most of the pupils, if I'm not wrong, love their pasta. Yeah. yeah. And baked beans. You can give them baked beans all day. <laughs> we don't do that, but you can. But is it quite tempting at times to fall into providing food that you know the children are going to enjoy, even though from a nutrition point of view... It's not good for them long term. It is easy to fall into that trap, but we do not do that. We save that for Friday. So we have fish on Friday as a regular, and then we have some as second choice. Could be a hot dog, could be a burger, could be pizza. So yeah, for that trap, we keep one day a week for them, like a cheat day. And Ranjit, if you were on the receiving end of the food that your teams are preparing, then what would be your favorite dish? When it comes to food, there's very little I don't like, Simon. Mm. Yeah, I, I tend to eat anything and everything. Okay. All right. Well, yeah. if I can ask the same question then to Vanessa, Vanessa, what would you say is one of your favorite dishes that, that gets served up to children and staff? I think for me, it would be one of the curries. So we, we tend to have curries on a Thursday and any of the curries are amazing, but there's a particular vegetarian korma, I think Chris does. And I think that's probably my favorite one. And I do like a jacket potato with our lovely salad bar that we do. We've got a chickpea and spinach and sweet potato salad that we have so that's always really nice for me as well but yeah I've not got a sweet tooth so I I tend to go more savoury. I see and do you find though that you know having access to such great food and a good supply of it as well during the daytime means that in the evening when you get home maybe you, you, you eat a little bit less than you would otherwise normally do? 
Yes, definitely. Yeah, I fill up a bit like a hamster at lunchtime. I eat lots at lunchtime and I tend to not have very much when I go home. You know, maybe just a, a bowl of soup or some cereal or something like that because the food is so delicious here. I, I don't really need to eat so much in the evening. Now, that can also cause problems. I'm, I'm not thinking about yourself, but quite often when I speak to staff in, in schools, they say that after they join the school, because the food is so good and there's so much available to them at lunchtime, that they end up, you know, usually in the first six months putting on a stone or something like that. Is, is that a very real problem that staff at, at, at QEH need to manage? And if so, how could they go about managing that a little bit better? I don't think they do. I think when you first start, yes, it's all very exciting and you want to eat a bit of everything, but you do soon quickly realise that you can't eat everything and stay the same weight. So it isn't a very long period of time that you would do that for, I don't think. First couple of weeks maybe and you want to eat every salad, every main meal and every dessert. So, But yeah, the staff do love it and they do often say, our pastry chef, she's amazing and Mm. her sweet puddings are always getting... The teacher's mainly into trouble because of how much they eat it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I can fully appreciate that. Certainly whenever I'm in school, that's a, that's a major part of the day. Chris, can you tell me about some of the other events that, that you support as a team outside of the, the everyday uh, lunch provision? We have match teas on the weekend at our failing sports ground. So if it's a morning fixture, we'll do bacon baps, sausage baps, some cake and some juices and drinks and stuff. And then in the af- for afternoon fixtures, we could do beef chili nachos, some sort of pasta bake, hot dogs, burgers. Then we do a lot of hospitality around the school in the day as well. We might do a tea tray for 10 people in a meeting room or a canapé do for 200 in the school room. We do charter day events, carol service at Christmas. There's... It's, it's kind of quite varied and we do quite a lot. Of, no week's ever the same, really. There's always something different and there's always something going on in a different part of the school. So it kind of keeps us on our toes a little bit. It sounds like it does, yeah. Do you also have theme days throughout the year, where you know, such as American Day or Mexican Day or anything like that? Yeah, we try to, yeah. We do taster tables as well so the pupils enjoy, like, just try, like, say we've, we've done, a, like, a pumpkin taster table where we'll do, like, a a tiny bit of roasted parsnip and then do oh sorry was it pumpkin I said pumpkin sorry yeah (laughs) like roasted pumpkin then we did a pumpkin latte or a pumpkin sponge or we've done the same with kale beetroot or parsnip spinach spinach was really popular we've done fruity cones we've done uh, popcorn demos around the school so yeah there's always something we have we have a good support network at Holroyd House where we have chefs come from different schools or different parts of our business to come and put on little demos and shows for the kids as well which is really good so you just mentioned the name Holroyd Howe there so this is an external catering company that kind of manages the food provision is that right yeah okay so I wonder then if you could just tell us what the difference might be between a school like QEH bringing in a specialist company like Holroyd Howe which is a name that parents might might recognize uh, but not from life outside of school and the difference between that and having an in-house catering team instead well, I've I've done both. So I, before I came to QEH, I was at an in-house independent catering school in uh, in Bristol, and the, the main difference I found is that you get a lot more support coming like, when you're in-house. You're kind of isolated and on your own. So when you come to like a school like QEH that's part of a bigger group, you get a lot more support. You get a lot more help from other sites, and there's always somebody you can ring or always somebody you can call. Say if you're stuck with a menu or you're stuck with an HR issue, whatever it might be, you can go and there's someone you can go to and there's all these different systems in place to help and support. Mm. Whereas if you're in-house, 
you're kind of left to your own, you know, and then if something goes wrong, you've got no one to fall back on. As, you know, you kind of, it's a little bit more scary on your own, I'd say, but mm. it's nice having that support network around us here. Mm. At, uh, mm. I see. Ranjit, tell us a little bit about nutrition and children and, and why it's so important for food and nutrition to be, you know, just right for children at school. It's to keep them active and focused in their studies, to have a healthy brain, healthy mind. It's important to have the right amount of protein, the carb, the, the sugar content. And when you say, you know, things like, you know, carbs, I, I, I'm thinking that some of the parents listening to this right now, they might be thinking, oh, carbs, that's something I try and steer clear of because maybe I'm trying to, you know, lose a bit of weight or we hear in the media that some types of carbs aren't good. But is that different for children? Is, is it OK for children to be eating the kind of carbs that some adults try to avoid? There are good carbs and there are bad carbs and some good carbs, children definitely need it for energy. Because these are active, you're talking about active pupils. You know, they, they, they do a lot of sports and they need to be active in the classroom all day long. They do need the carbs to stay active and, and to stay energized through the day. Oh, okay. And so, sugar. A lot of adults avoid sugar as well. So good carbs and bad carbs. Just tell us what the difference is between those and, and some examples of each as well. Pasta. Pasta is definitely, and we do only wholemeal pasta. So that's definitely a good carb for children to have. Uh, bread is another one. If they don't feel full, they can fill themselves with bread. Yeah, any processed food is bad, and we don't do that. We, we, we cook everything fresh. So all our meat comes from butchers. Chips is a bad carb, yeah, because it's deep fried in the oil. Crisps, yeah, we don't do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we. I mean, I can't, I can't be lying all the time, but yeah, we do, like I said, we do some of those or most of those on a Friday. We save that for a Friday. Mm -hmm. So there is chips on a Friday. They get donuts every second or third week which is bad carb again. But yeah, it's important to have a balance. And for parents that are listening to this and they're, they're wanting to provide that good nutrition at home, should we all be investing in, in, in things like wholemeal pasta instead of the, the regular white pasta that we, are, that we so often see? Definitely, yes. Yeah, wholemeal pasta, lots of fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, mm -hmm. meat, which is not processed and cooked fresh, very important. And when you say processed meat, are we talking about things like, I mean, dare I suggest it, bacon, things like that? Bacon could be one of them, yes. But I'm talking more about sliced ham or your sliced pastrami. Yeah, the chicken chicken nuggets, goujons, or there are even some sausages that are that are completely manufactured food. Oh, I see, right. Yeah, so we, we steer need to be clear of these. steering yeah. clear of those and instead buy more fresh yeah. meat instead of processed meat. Got it. That's right. Right. Okay. So I wonder then if if a parent was listening to this and, and they're thinking, right, so I want to create more food at home, which is good for my children. But quite often, whenever I suggest good quality food, they kind of turn their noses up at it. What can parents be doing to to, to make food more exciting at home for their children? Yeah, I think one of the ways is to get children involved in the cooking process. That's what we do at home as well. Mm -hmm. yeah, get them involved in the cooking process. Uh, some things they may not like, you'll have to secretly blend it in. Uh, most of the most important thing is to involve them in the cooking, definitely. And help them, you know what, you could even ask them, ask your children to design the menu with you. As an example, what should you like for dinner tomorrow? I see. Okay. And then for things like, I mean, broccoli, we, we all know that it's important for children to eat things like broccoli, but quite often they don't want to eat that. And some children will only eat broccoli if it's with something like tomato ketchup. But is something like ketchup taking all of the goodness away from the broccoli because we're adding in so much salt and sugar in that situation? One of the ways you could do broccoli is perhaps make a smoothie, add some add some other bits to it and make, yeah, broccoli still blended in. 
And, and, and if your children don't like, you can't really force it down their throat, but you can always educate them on the benefits of eating broccoli. I see. A rich source of protein. Okay, so then for things like a, a smoothie, what other things could be included with broccoli in a smoothie? Apple is one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kiwi, spinach, if you want to mix it up, make it all green, coconut milk, celery. You could, you could add oats, anything really. Yeah, you can make it as healthy as possible. That does sound pretty healthy, actually. Uh, Vanessa, tell me a little bit about how you got into school catering. So I've always worked in hospitality, in hotels, restaurants. So I've done a lot of fine dining um, and fast-paced restaurants, really. And then I needed a little bit of a break, so I went into retail for about three years. And I just missed it. I just missed the the hustle and bustle, the fast pace, customer service. But I wanted to do something different. And I just happened to come across the advert for the job. I was at a school previous to QEH, but within Holroyd Howe. And I just come across this advert. I didn't really know what it was. It just said catering and hospitality at a school. And I thought, oh, okay, this sounds a bit different. And so off I trotted to the interview. And yeah, I've never looked back, really. It's It varies. And that's what I like. It, no two days are the same. You really get to know, have a good relationship with the pupils, with the teachers. It becomes a big family. And there's a lot of hospitality, which is obviously my thing. So I get to do a lot of different things. And yeah, it keeps me busy. I like to be kept on my toes. I, I, I found like being stood and sat in a shop just wasn't for me. So mm. I like the fast paced life. Yeah. No, Maybe I not can... always as fast paced as it is here, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can fully appreciate that. And uh, Vanessa, what would you say are the busiest times of the year in that case? Beginning of the school year, which is September, just the, for whatever reason, the, the teachers seem to put quite a lot of functions in then. <laughs> and then Christmas, definitely at Christmas time, because we have the carol services, we have our Christmas meals for, for the whole school. So for 900, we, we have to do Christmas lunches. And then towards the end of term, June, we do a lot of things like sports days and, and things like that. But yeah, Christmas probably is, is the main one, really. We have a lot for the last week of term. It's always very, very busy. Uh, I'm, sh- I'm sure it's busy around about then. But to me, it sounds like it's busy the whole year round. So I take my hat off to, to all of you. But actually, to all three of you, I just want to say thank you for joining us on this episode of the podcast. It's really good to unpack the catering department to understand more about what happens and all of this thought process that goes into providing not just the quantity of food, not just food that tastes good, but also food that is nutritious as well. So thank you all three of you for your time today. Thank you. Thank you, Simon. Thank you. So that was the catering team at QEH. Deputy Catering Manager Vanessa Stone, Catering Manager Ranjit Shetty and Head Chef Chris Rugman. Thank you to all of you for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.